welcome to Dean's Dialogue, a podcast of Apologia Institute. Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Dean Meadows. Hope you're having a great day. And today we're going to wrap up our series on like an introduction to apologetics with some practical application. Um, Let's face it real quick. The climate surrounding disagreement in our culture uh, is at a all-time high, it seems like. It seems like every time we turn on the TV or even talk to people that we're really close to, if there's a disagreement, you can guarantee that it'll end up in a knockdown, drag-out fight. You know, And I'm convinced that that's one of the reasons why our culture loves the talking heads on radio, uh, on TV, even in the YouTube debates. Because for some of us, we live vicariously through those uh, celebrities or those people. And for others of us, unfortunately, it's just how we communicate. And so we need to remember that as we seek to meet people where they are so the gospel can change who they are, that as Christians, how we communicate is just as important as what we communicate. You know, we might not think that it's fair, but as those who are disciples of Jesus Christ, God's word holds us to a higher standard of decorum, a higher standard of the way in which we treat people. Now, uh, this doesn't mean that we simply allow ourselves to be walked on or pushed over, but it does mean that um, we season our speech as with salt. In other words, the words that we speak in communicating with non-believers uh, should be the flavor of Jesus. And so um, here are a couple of tips uh, that'll help for engaging skeptics in that manner. Number one, obviously the most important is that we need to see people as souls, not just skin. It's way too easy to simply look at a person at the other end of a conversation uh, and see them as the enemy. Sure, they disagree with us. Sure, they may want to see Christianity and religion wiped off the face of the earth. And you don't think there were people that wanted to uh, wipe Jesus off the face of the earth? They killed him for the things that he said. Um, But Jesus also calls us to love our enemies, even if we see that person as an enemy. See, that's the unique thing about the gospel is that, one, we shouldn't see people as enemies. But two, even if we do, Christ compels us to love them, not just with our actions, but also with our words. And so in loving non-believers, we view them as souls to be saved, not just flesh and bone. Also, the second point that I like to make is that it's not about the one-liner gotcha questions or trying to uh, put together a highlight reel, right? And guilty as charged, I admit that there have been several times in my own conversations especially when I was younger, where I wanted to engage non-Christians so badly, but for all of the wrong reasons. Um, I wanted to chat because I wanted to prove how much smarter than them 
uh, I was. I wanted the highlights so that I could go back and tell all my Christian friends that, you know, hey, I went in there, I had this debate, and I crushed this non-believer about the existence of God. And, you know, here's the thing about that. I might have very well won some of those debates, some of those conversations, some of those discussions. But can you imagine the impression that I left, not just on the other person, but on the people who may be may have been listening in on that conversation that were surrounding us? You know, if I was the only Christian at that point in time that that person had ever had a conversation with, they probably left thinking that Jesus was a pompous, self-absorbed jerk. See, when we chase the gotcha moments, we often do so to the detriment of the overall goal, which is the salvation of the other person. And not only that, we dishonor God. Third, um, when you're engaged with someone in a serious conversation that is a matter of uh, salvation, ignore the social media devices and computers as much as possible. I mean, all of us, I'm sure at some point have experienced this where we've been in a conversation with someone and all they do is look at their phone. And isn't that super annoying? Uh, It definitely is. Not only having been someone that has done that, but someone who's been on the other end of that as well. And so we need to make sure that we aren't that person. While there's definitely room for emergencies or call from families, if we're trying to check our social media to make uh, and talk about the most important thing in the world, the gospel, it really uh, demonstrates to somebody that the conversation we're in isn't the most important thing. So, And if we're trying to guide the other person to Christ, we can't or shouldn't be uh, distracted by our social media stuff or devices, things like that. Um, and so when we do anything less than that, we give the other person, uh, you know, reason to back out of the conversation. Hey, you wanted to talk to me about the gospel. Here you are, you know, fidgeting with your phone, fidgeting with your iPad, constantly on your computer. I, I don't want to talk anymore if that's how valuable you see this conversation. So we need to give the person on the other end our undivided attention unless there's an extreme emergency. And so um, make sure that we do that. And that's definitely one of the harder things to do given we live in a social media-driven culture. But if we do that, I think we can definitely make the impression on the person on the other end that they are the absolute most important thing at that moment in that space. Uh, Number four, when engaging a non-believer or a skeptic, um, that it is okay to say, I don't know. You know, recently I was talking with a gentleman on YouTube and he asked me a question that I never heard before. And so I had two options. One, I could try and make up something and hope that it passed off as a solid answer and hope that there would be no follow-up. Or two, I could just tell him, that I didn't know and that I'd never been exposed to that question and that was a good question and I'd go back and look up look at that question. I ended up choosing option two. Um, 
And so oftentimes the reason that we don't do this is because we fear that if we say, I don't know, we've somehow conceded a point to somebody uh, and that we will lose the debate. Well, if we're being genuine and we don't see it as a debate, but we see it as a cordial conversation, then there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Right. Um, You know, uh, I actually, in that moment, gained respect from this person, um, you know, and the people in the comment section of that discussion, which is good, which is a good thing. Uh, it's always better to admit that you don't know or that you aren't prepared for to answer that question or that you haven't heard of an explanation or a question before, then make something up and then get called out for it later. Uh, because the Christian who makes up the answer and then has that answer sniffed out as false instantly loses credibility with the person on the other end. Uh, and everyone else who will hear or be privy to that conversation. So it's okay to say that I don't know. Um, so make sure that, that we're mindful of that in our conversations as well. Number five, um, Pray before you engage people. Now, you might be wondering, Dean, why in the world would you put this at the bottom of the list? Shouldn't this be at the top of the list? And I get where you're coming from, and I completely understand that. But I've put this at number five because I want it to be the last thing that you hear uh, as a listener. Um, Prayer is powerful. Prayer is important. It has the ability to to calm us before we go into dialogue. So before I enter into a conversation, I pray. Um, it reminds me that this whole conversation isn't about how well I do or how well I perform. You know, prayer helps me humble myself before God, and it helps me remember the mission behind the conversation. And so if we aren't praying for ourselves and the people we're going to engage, then we'll fall back into the bad habits of dialogue that uh, enslave people um, to this me attitude, to this performance-based idea that we have surrounding uh, conversing, you know, with people. So um, these are just five brief tips that have really done uh, a lot of good for my own personal growth and dialoguing with people who are not Christians. Um, And so, because here's the thing, guys, the outside world, and you've heard me say this before, the outside world has a preconceived notion about how the Christian will act when they're pressed on what they believe. And I really do believe that if we utilize these five tips, the outside world will see something totally different than what they normally experience when they talk to Christians, uh, what they see on TV, maybe what they hear on the radio, or even what they might, um, you know, encounter in other social media platforms. And so I think if we, if we believe, um, or, or if we use these, um, the Christian can utilize these points and we'll be more effective communicators, uh, for the lost. And so that's just, um, you know, today's brief podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you use these tips and I want to know, write to me, you know, email me at 
uh, Dean at apologiainstitute.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, make a comment on on the website underneath uh, the blog article that is uh, exactly like this. So thanks again for listening. And remember, guys, uh, equip yourself to engage culture. <laughs>